0: Welcome, birders. This is Ed Pullen, your host on the Bird Banter Podcast, where birders talk birding. When this episode's published, I'll be in Morocco. I'm going on a trip with Legacy Tours. Michael Carmody is the leader. Bruce Labar from episode number three is going to be my roommate, and I'm really excited to experience migration on the other side of the Atlantic. Just like our neotropic migrants that breed in North America often travel south for the winter and come back to breed here in the breeding season, the same thing happens on the other side of the ocean, where many European birds migrate south to Africa, and then in the spring, which will be coming right up, migrate back north to breed in Europe and areas around there. So I'm going to see a lot of migration, and I'm also going to see a lot of uh, endemic and other breeding birds of Morocco. So that should be really fun. I've never been to North Africa before. This will be a new experience, and I'm pretty excited I'm bringing my handheld recorder on the trip, and I'm going to see if I can do some uh, relatively uh, timely uh, episodes, or at least brief episodes, uh, to let you know what's happening during my trip. So stay tuned. You may get to see some Bird Banner Podcast episodes recorded in North Africa. My guest today was gracious enough to record this episode in advance of the publication so that I can keep up my more or less weekly uh, schedule of uh, bird banner podcast episodes. Dalton Spencer is a young guy I met first uh, at the wrap-up for the Christmas bird count in the Grays Harbor last winter when we learned that Dalton, along with Art Wong and his group, had found three, that's three, swamp sparrows. Uh, to find a swamp sparrow on a CBC is really good. To find three is outrageous. And Dalton really found them all. He's got great ears, good eyes, a sharp young birder. Uh, and that was the first time I really had met Dalton, but he had come on the birding scene in Washington over the year or two prior to that. The next time I met Dalton was on the recent uh, pelagic trip with uh, Bill Twite and uh, Westport Seabirds. Uh, Dalton was uh, on just his third pelagic trip, and for those of you who have done pelagic birding, it's just different than regular birding. It's, it's uh, kind of a different skill set, but Dalton was all over it. He uh, was finding birds right up there with the leaders and just really sharp. Uh, So I'm excited that when Dalton reached out to me to tell me he had heard some of the Bird Banner Podcast episodes and really enjoyed them, I thought, hey Dalton, why don't you be my guest? Uh, And here we go, the Bird Banner Podcast episode number 12. Welcome Dalton to the Bird Banner Podcast. How are you doing?
1: I'm doing pretty
0: good, Ed. Good. Well, I'm excited. This is going to be my first uh, episode with a guest uh, of a different generation. I've kind of had a bunch of old, uh, old guys on the show, so I'm excited about having some, uh, some, someone of your generation. It should be fun. Yeah, well,
1: I'm glad to be the, the first one.
0: Good. Somebody's got to be first. <laughs> Good. So, Dalton, I thought I'd like to start by uh, you just sort of telling us your birding story. How did you get into birding and, uh, you know, how has uh, it happened that you're such a hot young birder? Gosh. Uh,
1: well, I started birding probably a, an unconventional way compared to how most people start. I uh, have always been an outdoors person and my family. We've always been real outdoorsy. Um and I, my first real bird experience was while we were duck hunting actually <laughs> okay so um not quite the conventional way of getting into birding, um uh, but we were out duck hunting, and um just it was the first time I think I'd ever noticed that there were different birds i mean there's other there's other ducks out there other than mallards, and I remember I still have a photo of me holding. Um, a beautiful drake bufflehead, head uh-huh. and if that if that was the bird that started it all I don't know what any other one would be that was that was my my tart my trigger bird kind of a thing they
0: are pretty spectacular I can't imagine what they look like in the hand
1: <laughs> oh it was it was just spectacular that was and I still every once in a while I come across that picture and be like if it wasn't if it wasn't for duck hunting, I wouldn't be here. Kind <laughs> of. Well, you know,
0: if it wasn't for duck hunting, a lot of the places we go birding wouldn't be here either. Uh, duck hunters. Exactly. Duck hunters speak with their wallets a lot better than birders do. I think.
1: Yeah, definitely. That's I. We definitely all um, can see more birds because of people like duck hunters who go out and want to want different refuges saved and stuff. Yeah, they they, nice they are
0: big for wetlands habitat uh, restoration and uh, and saving so that's cool yeah good so so take it from there so you shot a shot a buffalo head like that and uh, how did it all go from there
1: well and then it was kind of like well now i've now i've seen the ducks of the world it seemed like and man there's there's this whole new world out there and i started um i don't even know if i had um a bird book i knew i had a um a little, the little laminated birds of Yellowstone from a recent trip that we had taken. Okay. And um, that was about the only thing I had um, that had anything bird related. I did have, I think I might have had a phone by then.
0: Stop. Uh, How, old are you? Another- How old are you at this point in your story?
1: Um, oh, give or 14? take.
0: 14, okay.
1: 14-ish.
0: And you're give uh, or take 18 now maybe?
1: Yes, I'm 18 right now.
0: Okay, just putting it in perspective. Good. Go ahead.
1: Yeah, and um, I I think I had a phone by then, and so I would I would see a bird, and there was this program called What Bird. Yes, a Bird.
0: You, yes, very cool.
1: Yeah, and you would put your information in there, and it would tell you what you saw, and so that was how I kind of started noticing different birds, and then what to look for, because it asks, well, what color was it? Well, you have to notice the color, and well, and you got to notice the bill shape and things like that. And that's how I started getting a a critical eye for birds. Um, and then, I mean, it was, it was quite a while before I really, um, like my parents eventually found out kind of a thing, not like I was hiding it, but it was like, Oh, (laughs) Hey, you like birds. And I'm like, yeah, I do. (laughs) That's cool. And then, um, I remember, um, Finding eBird and then having that little bit of a connection to the birding world sure. outside of me—I had never, I didn't know, were there other birders out there? And then all of a sudden, I find eBird, and it's like, oh my gosh, there's more of me. <laughs> this is this is mainstream
0: almost, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm like, I, I didn't, I didn't know that there were there were more people out there, and um, started finding um, other ways to communicate, got tweeters, and uh, was able to start talking to other birders. Um, unfortunately, it took me a while to ever find anybody in my area, because well, uh, Lewis it, County is yeah, so... It's,
0: it's under Dave Hayden, birding. Dave Hayden, and who else? I don't know. <laughs> that's about right? It.
1: Yeah, that's about it. I feel uh, Rachel Hudson has now oh, okay. uh, burst onto the birding scene, and she's uh, my go-to birding buddy now. Very cool. Uh, but yeah, I feel and then just uh, because we were a really outdoorsy family, we went on a lot of hikes and a lot of trips and we traveled for my sister's softball team and so I was able to see birds on really all the corners of the state. Very cool. Uh, just kind of on a on a superficial level. Like we wouldn't ever go birding, but I would maybe go for a hike in the morning or I would go we would go hiking and see stuff and it wasn't ever um really seeking anything out uh-huh. until I was able to get a car and then really convinced my parents that yes, birding was a thing I wanted to do, and um, and then they got really involved with me. And now I consider my dad—I um, consider him a birder, and he considers himself a a follower. But he can identify most birds that I can, and if not, he's a he's a good spotter. <laughs> That's great.
0: That's great. Yeah. Just having someone to go with is important, and having family support. I have to say, I think just about every guest I've had on so far is pointed to supportive families. I think I think we all won the the uh chromosomal jackpot when we got supportive parents.
1: Oh, definitely. It makes a whole difference. And if he doesn't even necessarily want to go well, he always wants to go with me and I always want to see the birds and so he gets to see the birds and be with me. Right. Um, but he's he's a good driver. <laughs> so that's, I can That's bird, important. and he can drive and <laughs> that makes the process much smoother.
0: Sure. Uh, so you sounds like you've been real active birding just for a couple of years. I mean, you got going and then you said it was about when you started to drive that you got more seriously into it.
1: Yeah, it was kind of like I, um, I figured out what birding was and um, just kind of fell face first right into it. <laughs> I feel like it yeah. was all of a sudden there's this whole new world out there that I knew nothing about. And and you, I just well, you're taking that world by storm,
0: more. Dalton. You're taking it by storm. I looked on eBird; your first number one in the county listing for this year, and uh, top twenty in the state, and uh, a student, and uh, and you're you're getting on. You're doing great.
1: There were there has been some some extraordinary trips in there that um, have helped get me that far. But <laughs> yeah. yes, definitely, this year has been crazy, and I am I am blown under the water at the fact that. I can I can do all this, and it's only been really two two and a half years of me actually like seeking birds and looking for birds and not just seeing birds.
0: Well, you're getting a reputation as a good person to hang near on uh, field trips uh, with the with, out with Art on the, the Grace Harbor CBC, getting those uh, getting those swamp sparrows and other things by ear. You got our attention.
1: Well, uh more than I ever could have asked for. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. And uh, I, I, I had fun hanging out with you a little bit on the pelagic trip out of Westport last month. You were, you were on top of things there too. Have you done pelagics before, or how many pelagics have you done?
1: Uh, that was my third pelagic. So oh. <laughs> uh, it was a. My other two had been in early August and then late August, so it was a really different time of yeah. year and a lot uh, less birds, birds, but really good ones. Yeah. Oh, man, the birds did not disappoint, for yeah. sure.
0: That was an epic trip. Yeah. I, I did a I, podcast, I don't know if you heard, I did a podcast with Bill Twight right after that, and it was like, we were still both gaga. We recorded it, I think, the the day after the, yeah, the, day after the trip. We were just well, I, like, li- I, think I, a, yeah,
1: I think I listened to that about a, a week later, and it was like I was reliving it, and like, heart pounding again as we pulled up on that albatross yeah, and it was that, that oh was my fun. gosh they're there <laughs> that was really
0: fun that was really it fun it
1: was definitely a trip to remember so Don, ha- sure.
0: do you have anyone you think of as a mentor at all at this point do you have anyone any uh, more experienced birder who's kind of taking you under their wing at all or giving you some help uh, well
1: I gotta say Dave Hayden sure um, being really the, the Lewis County birder that he is was the one I had the most um, access to uh-huh. it took me about a year and a half of email correspondence with him and talking about birds before I actually finally ever met him. Mm-hmm. Um, and then since then, uh, we've we've been pretty close and we've gone on some some pretty phenomenal birding trips together. He's a um,
0: he's a very good birder.
1: Yeah, really good birder. Yeah, he knows he knows his birds for sure, and it's always he'll. He'll outbird me any day. <laughs> yeah, well,
0: yeah. I, I'm used. To, I'm used to that. I hang out with hanging out with good birders is how you how you have fun and get better. That's my my plan. Oh,
1: for sure, yeah. definitely. Yeah. Uh, another birder that I would consider a, a mentor would be um, Shep Thorpe. Oh. Um, my first real exposure to other birders was on one of the Nisqually Wednesday walks.
0: Yeah. Shep is such a nice guy and such a oh, good birder. Man.
1: And yeah. he he makes it so anybody anybody can experience birding, and just he is a phenomenal leader. He, he is does extraordinary. Does Wednesday walk, and I I was so nervous pulling up there. Are they gonna are they gonna like me? Am I gonna am I gonna know enough about birds? <laughs> are they? Are, are they Take my word for it, Dalton. Then, you
0: you were in the top ten percent of the group. I can tell you without even knowing who <laughs> goes.
1: <laughs> oh, it was. It was crazy, and then all of a sudden, it was just like I clicked yeah. in with this group, and Shep is the leader of this fantastic group. Yeah. Um, and if there was any other, uh, one other birder I have to mention is uh, Kathleen Snyder. She is uh, she is a phenomenal birder. Um, she will never admit it.
0: I don't her. know her. Yeah.
1: She is- uh, she's one of the Black Hills members with me.
0: Oh, okay. There
1: um, are board members with me. and Oh, man, she and I have shared some fantastic trips and some phenomenal <laughs> birds together. Very and, nice. Yeah, those are some crazy stories for sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's great. Have you managed to uh, connect with uh, any of the young uh, Seattle area birders yet?
1: Yeah, so about a year and a half ago, I got an email From somebody I didn't know, and they're like, and they were like, hey, um, we have this group chat of other young birders around the state. Would you like to be on it? And I'm like, well, yeah. Heck yeah, (laughs) why not? (laughs) And uh, since then, we've been, I mean, I'm still on the group chat, and all of us are, most of us are heading off to college, either they are now or within the next uh, year. Mm -hmm. Uh, But they've come down to Lewis County. A couple times, and so I've got to hang out with them. And, Very nice. Uh, it's a it's a fun group, and it's always nice to hang out with other birders your own age.
0: That's great. Especially when you're young. That's great. Well, I will, uh, any young birders who are listening, I'll uh, tell them to get a whole adult, in, and they'll hook you up with this group.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. Always, I am definitely always not eligible. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I am uh, many decades oh, too old for that.
1: Only by a couple of years. Yeah,
0: yeah, just a couple. <laughs> just a couple. Good. Uh, so you mentioned college. What are you what are you thinking about uh, for your, you know, near-term education?
1: Uh well, next year I will be at Montana State University in Bozeman. Oh, nice. Um yeah, so I've I'm looking for a, a change of birds, a change of weather, and just kind of a it's going to be a a night and day experience, I have a feeling, because the weather in Bozeman isn't quite like Western Washington. No, I've I've,
0: <laughs> I've, I've, I've driven by there. It's a beautiful place. Uh, and, uh, yeah, you'll like that. You'll like that. You'll get some prairie birds. It's not far from the Montana North Dakota prairies. I'm not sure exactly how close, but... There's some spectacular birding up in that area. I, I did a trip with uh, Ken Brown and my late wife, and uh, Vera Cragen Kr- did a trip up there, a week-long trip. We flew to Great Falls and took a week birding in that area. And oh, in, in late I think it was late June. Oh my goodness, it was so cool. I mean, sh- shorebirds. Oh, we had sh- so many shorebirds and <laughs> sparrows, and it was just oh, it was wonderful, wonderful, I'm, wonderful. I'm
1: super excited. Yeah. for sure I'm going to get there right in time for kind of the last the first leg of um, fall migration and yeah. um, I'm really excited to see what comes through and you're going to be get. going this fall yeah oh, so wow. I leave uh, the last week of August
0: so that's coming right up almost that's cool good for yeah, you Yeah, it's, uh, it's you.
1: happening all too quickly <laughs> yeah.
0: well I don't know I, I think by the time I was your stage I was ready for the next step I bet you are too
1: yeah i' am ready but uh but nervous just yeah because it's, a, well,
0: it's a whole new thing <laughs> yeah a L- little bit of nervous energy uh keeps things moving that's always good
1: yeah for sure
0: good uh, so you're headed off to college next uh, fall uh, and uh what sort of things are you uh looking for are you looking to keep birding as a hobby or are you thinking of you know birding ornithology as a career what or have you even thought that far?
1: Uh, well, looking um, just with talking with other uh, birders and other uh, like my parents and mm-hmm. teachers and stuff, um, it looks like um, biology, ecology is going to be the direction I'm going. Okay. Um, just um, I had thought about finding a college with a major in ornithology, but I feel like that it's too narrow. Um, mm-hmm. I would love to do or end up with a career. In ornithology, but definitely from more of a biological background, because I feel like I can get I can get placed in so many more um, different fields, kind of under that um, umbrella of a degree. You know,
0: so, so many birders that did. Uh, I, ta- I talked with John Sterling. Uh, he's going to be on an episode coming up here soon. He was a, I think he was an English literature major or something at Humboldt University while he was birding his brains out and just. <laughs> working all summer in birding-related jobs, I think he might see the English literature, or English writing, or creative writing, or some completely unrelated yeah. major. But you know, it, it it doesn't matter what you major in; it's what your, where your passion is. And uh, yeah, and, and I it, would
1: love. Oh, sorry. I would love to end up. Uh, my goal is like a career in um, field research. Um, or conservation, or something like that, where I'm out in the field. I don't even care if there's birds there. I could be out on the ocean studying the whales or something. But I would, the research aspect is what really, really turns my gears. Yeah, that's <laughs> so cool. I'm gonna put a, that is cool. Yeah.
0: good for you. Good for you. Uh, are you gonna go to the wasp convention this year, or are you gonna have to miss that?
1: I am gonna have to miss that. Oh, that's too I, bad. Yeah. I know. I was bummed. I didn't get to go last year because we were busy, and this year I'm going to have to miss it again. Yeah. But um, one of these years I'll be able to. Yeah. Be able to get well, it. Well, maybe
0: you'll go to the Moss Convention.
1: <laughs> if there's such a thing? I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I, don't know.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You'll figure that out when you get there.
1: <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. I'll find. I'll make one if I have to.
0: <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, yeah. what what are your favorite birding places in Lewis County? I I I don't know that county well. I've looked at uh, Dave Hayden. He has uh, the two routes off, uh, I think it's on Highway 12 off I-90 that are on the Wa-Birder site. But other than that, I have not birded that county much.
1: Oh, well, you're, I, you're missing out. <laughs> yeah.
0: it,
1: is, it, is a, it is a little, I like, I used to always joke and say that Lewis County was devoid of birds. Uh, really? And that's and that's why nobody came because nobody ever saw birds there, so they all just skipped through it. Oh, I but don't think that's the, the case. Year, no, over the last year we had some crazy birds show up, and I um, have had to have had to change my mind on that one. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Give um, me some examples. I uh, well, last year that white-tailed kite that stayed forever oh, yes. down I, yeah, in Yeah, I, I
0: did get to that. Yes,
1: that was a that was a life bird for. A lot of people that came and saw it. I don't know what the count was, but I have a feeling um, over 100 people, if not more, went to see it. Oh, I'm sure. And that was a that was a really cool bird that it stayed for so long. And yeah, so they have
0: become difficult in recent years. They used to be easier down south. Uh, down uh, I can't remember exactly where. Down I think it was in Pacific County or, or down uh, southwest of where you are. But uh, in recent years, they've just Retreated back to Oregon and California, I think. So this it was, was really nice when that one showed up.
1: Yeah, and there was a report that I'd seen that there was possibly another one, but I think um, after talking to some other people, I think they decided it was just a male harrier in the area. Mm-hmm. And um, that's that
0: this year you're talking now.
1: Well, it was uh, last year when the oh, bird was oh, they
0: think there might have been a second bird. Okay.
1: Yeah, they thought there might have been a pair, and so it was.
0: Oh, that would be exciting. Hope that
1: they would nest, but then nobody else ever showed up, and it never acted like it was feeding young or anything. So no. we were hope- hoping it comes back this year, and it just hasn't been seen yet. It's a the Toledo area is perfect for, it, and they just need to come in. <laughs> it is a good area.
0: Yeah, uh, also pretty open, and they're a bird. You know, they they tend to be pretty visible if they're around.
1: Yes, for sure. Yeah, and then last year, what else showed up? We had a, a tufted duck. That's um, right. In a in a random little um, mining pond. There mm-hmm. wasn't even a scalp on oh, the pond goodness. with it, which <laughs> is so random. I think the other ducks around it were like two mallards and a ruddy duck or something yeah. like that.
0: Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so, they can do that. I, I, years ago, Charlie Wright uh, found a, a tufted duck on Bradley Lake in Puyallup. It's just this little city park, you know, puddle duck pond, and... Stayed there for a few days. It was great. Yeah. So that's yeah, cool. Yeah, you
1: never, you never know where birds are going to show up, really. <laughs> yeah. uh, and then last year, what else was there? Oh, um, my lifer and only uh, Pacific Golden Plover.
0: Oh, nice. Uh, nice.
1: Super, super random bird to show up in a, a landlocked county with no real major inter-county waterways. Yeah, um, that's nice. Yeah, showed up. I don't know, I was, if I turned around, I could see the airport and a Walmart. So (laughs) it wasn't necessarily the most opportune of places.
0: Well, you know, in the winter in Hawaii, you just see them all over the place so that they don't require great, uh, you know, see them on the golf courses and things like that. So they they can hang. there
1: wasn't a golf course far away. (laughs) Yeah,
0: they they can hang around people.
1: Yeah, well, that was. And we're glad it, it stuck around for a couple of days. I don't know if anybody else other than Dave and I was able to find it, but uh it was a, a special bird for sure.
0: Very nice. So do you have uh any pa- do you have a patch down there?
1: Uh well i recently moved, so oh. I am um I am learning my new patch kind of. Okay. Um but it's uh it's an exciting it's always exciting when you move and all of a sudden when you wanna go find like a Lincoln sparrow and all in your Twenty miles away, your old your old spots don't work for you anymore. No, you
0: got to I moved from Puyallup to Tacoma a little over a year ago, so I'm I'm really having fun learning a new town.
1: Yeah, it's a it's a phenomenal um, phenomenal chance to see more birds. I think I've seen more birds exploring to find new birds than I would have if I had stayed where I used to live. It was a it was a good move, I think, for the birding life. That's the way That's it fun.
0: works, doesn't it? Good for you. Yeah. Good for you. Uh, uh, do you have any uh, any uh, things you want to talk about particularly today, Dalton? Um,
1: I don't know. Uh, there's a. Uh, we could talk about some of the my first birding um, experiences. Kind of a yeah, I think my that'd first be great. Chase or something yeah, like that. Go for it. Uh, my first chase. Um, they now my favorite bird was of a, um, a nesting pair of black seabees. Oh, good. Um, they nested on Washburn road in Cowlitz. Mm-hmm. So it was, they weren't in Woodland bottoms where they have been for the right. last couple of years. now. know, this was a, a different pair that ended up raising, I think I saw photos of at least four or five young. Oh. Um, and I was, I, I looked, I had to figure out, um, because I wanted to figure out what my first real chase was, and I was only, according to Ebert, it was my 146th bird. So okay. I was chasing, I was chasing before I really was birding. Kind of a <laughs>
0: That's cool. That's cool.
1: Um, and I, I convinced my family that hey, there's these birds down here that I want to go see, and they're like, well, we, we can go do that. All right, let's, let's, let's go do that. So they were, they were enticed with the fact that I was so passionate about trying to find these birds and. They um, they went along for the ride and um,
0: they got their life right, black babies.
1: Yes, they all did. So <laughs> yes. we all we all had a moment there <laughs> where we all had black babies. And since then, I've seen in the state. Oh man, probably twenty, if not more. They're really yeah. They they're really pioneering. Made-
0: they're really pioneering north.
1: Yes, yeah, so they almost seem old hat now. Where it's like, oh look, another black seedeater. I've seen
0: I, I st- one of those I again. I <laughs> still need I still need one for my uh, year list, though. So I have I don't have my year bird yet. So I gotta figure out where to get that. They I've been waiting for them to be seen in Pierce because there's usually a pair around or a bird or two around, but they have uh, been hiding somewhere. I haven't found them yet this year, and I don't think anyone really has.
1: Well, they'll they'll show up, I'm sure. I, I know they will. <laughs> I know. They, if if they uh, don't by
0: fall, I'll go down to Woodland Bottoms. And, find
1: one yeah and go find that resident pair yeah Bruce Here's
0: and this. I tried the uh the place in Lacey there and it, we did not get them so usually they're pretty dependable there but not this year
1: uh they haven't been there for about um a year and a half oh, okay. I haven't seen them or had have them haven't seen them reported either so I think I you're probably why. right
0: because we we just we were driving back from somewhere and said oh let's just drop in there and see if we can get them and <laughs> well, it was a nice day beautiful day a lot of good birds but no black Phoebe's.
1: Yeah, I think it was a, they nested there for quite a few years. They did. And I think did. the pair just got old. Probably just died and, out. And um, I think they just died out. It felt, they're marching north so fast. I had four of them on the Wataia from CBC, just on my leg wow. of it. Wow. Um, they're marching up and they'll be, they'll be all over this western part of the state within the next 20 years. They're yeah. going to be robbing. Speaking of CBCs,
0: <laughs> you run your own CBC, don't you? Aren't you the compiler for CBC?
1: Yes, I founded and I compile the Lewis County uh, Christmas Bird Count.
0: That is spectacular. Great work. Wow. What did that entail? I've never been a compiler. I I have a general feel, but how did you get one started? How'd you do that?
1: Uh, Well, it was kind of, um, my story's kind of funny. I had never done a Christmas Bird Count um, I knew that there was a real need for one in the county. I mean, there's one in almost every county in Western Washington, right. Except Lewis. And I'm like, you know, if there's no other way to get birders to Lewis County, I might as well invite them. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and I did. I started. Uh, you contact the National Audubon Society and say, "Hey, I've got a, I've got a circle I'd like to use," and you give them a brief description of habitat, and you have to guaranteed that at least 10 people will show up or something like that and they said okay here you go and then from there it was stressful i'd never been to a christmas bird camp this was was this Uh,
0: last year or the year before
1: uh, this was two years ago two years okay two two successful years now
0: okay so how many how many birds did you get to come
1: wow 26 28 something like that it was nice phenomenal
0: nice work yeah and, and you know I, the area. You know those. the area, so you divided that up into segments, probably like most CBCs.
1: Yeah, and so everybody, every um, I didn't have. I added maps this year, so uh, with the help of Kathleen and um, some other some other people, I was able to get some maps that showed kind of regions rather than, hey, bird this area. Right, um, so. and and here's what the circle is. So don't go out of it.
0: <laughs> exactly. And
1: so this year was far more structured uh, in that aspect. But yeah, that first year it was just here's your group and go bird.
0: <laughs> so that that is great experience. Good for you. That is that. Yeah, it was a, excellent.
1: It, it was really exciting to get that going. And so how many species
0: do you get on your CBC with your vast two um, years of two years of totals?
1: Uh, so the first year I had ninety two, okay, um, and it was ninety two species, but a really low total count. So that was kind of the. It was really interesting seeing two years ago. It was a really cold week leading mm. up to it, so okay. there wasn't a lot of water. Yeah. And then this last week, we had uh, this last CBC. We had ninety eight, uh huh, um, but almost almost doubled. Our Number of individuals, individual bird count. Good for you. So that was that was what was crazy because yeah. there was so much more water. That and I feel like I, I had a couple more birders, so I was able to cover more um, areas. Mm-hmm. But. It Still, was, weather really weather can be 100. all
0: weather can be all the, the whole game in a CBC. You know, if it's a cold, oh, it windy, cold, windy, rainy day, boy. Besides the birds hunkering down, the birders are too energetic, and uh, yeah, days end early, and yeah, you know, it, it can.
1: Oh, for sure, yeah. in these last two years, I've been graced with dry days. Yeah,
0: that oh, makes a big count, difference. So.
1: Yeah. Could not get any luckier. <laughs> yeah, in
0: western Washington in the winter, that is always a blessing.
1: Oh, and everybody's like, hey, if the weather keeps up, we'll come back to this one every year. <laughs> yeah, well, you just need to
0: guarantee it. You guaranteed them you get 12 birders. You should be able to guarantee the weather, Dalton.
1: Can't you do that? Right? Yeah. 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 If I could do that, I'd have I'd have half the people in the state at yeah, my count. <laughs>
0: yeah, that'd be very nice. That'd be very nice. It would
1: be Really nice. I'll
0: have to k- get <laughs> what. Which? What is your date? Do you have a fixed weekend or? Ha- uh,
1: well, I will be in Montana. Uh huh. Until like the day of, like the first um, CBC date. D- yes. Kind of a thing. Right. So I I don't know what exactly is going to happen. I think um, I think I'm going to hand over the reins to another local birder. Don't know who exactly it's going to be yet, but I think somebody else is going to compile for me. Right. But I will definitely still be um, helpful in that. And then whatever date, whatever date it's on, it's on. I don't know. Yeah. I was, I, you be. know,
0: so, some CBC is more established. So always saw like the, the first Saturday after Christmas. So the, you know, whatever. They, they have a, a kind of a routine so people know what to expect. But you're still, you guys are still figuring that out. That's totally cool. Totally. Yeah, cool. I
1: think these last two years mine's been on a on the first Friday of the like the count frame kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. So that's always it's a really it's an early count with this kind of night.
0: Yeah. Have you gotten outside the state much yet to Bird Dalton?
1: Um well I went to Montana in November to look at um, right. the college. Um, um but last year my family took actually I guess it was just this last summer. My family took a trip to um, California. Oh. So that was my first really out-of-state birding trip that wasn't focused on birds, but they know me, so they couldn't not stop at almost every refuge on (laughs) the way here to Sacramento. Oh, oh! you Um, went to
0: Sacramento. Very nice.
1: Yeah. So that was—I have have an aunt in Sacramento. The Central Valley um, is
0: spectacular. Oh, gosh. That's nice. I
1: was— I was so lucky we got into Sacramento at about six o'clock and my dad uh, was still kind of had the driving jitters where he's like, I, I want to go, I want to go do something. Let's go birding. And I'm like, okay, so there's this local um, sewage treatment pond. That he kinda Always good. Yeah.
0: Like. Always good. Birders have to like. find an STP. Ew. yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah, for sure. And then we get there and they're closed. <laughs> like, well, oh, well. So we keep driving up this road. And I stopped and I'm like, what are those flying? Uh, This massive flock of like 56 or 57 um, yellow-billed magpies.
0: Very nice.
1: And that from then on, it was like lifebirds were around every corner in every ditch on every power line. It was a phenomenal trip.
0: Good for you. Good for you, yeah. You, you're gonna love traveling. You're you've got great eyes and great ears and curiosity. You're just gonna you're gonna love getting out of the state and seeing new stuff. It's gonna be great.
1: Yeah, I'm super super excited for sure.
0: Good. Well, Dalton, it's really been fun having you on as a guest. I really appreciate it. If you have any uh, any friends or other people you think would like to like to participate, uh, se- send them my way. I'd appreciate that. And uh, you have a really great rest of the spring and enjoy your last uh, few months in Washington before you hit the prairie states.
1: Yeah, for sure. I'm uh, I'm looking forward to a, a change in weather and I'm excited for the what my first life bird in Montana is going to be because I know that first year there's going to be quite a few. It, it'll excited. be the
0: first day you're there, I'm pretty sure.
1: I... I would love that. Yeah. Odds are high. <laughs> that would make everything... The, the odds are high. It's
0: going to be migration. Something will fly by.
1: Oh, yeah. There's going to be some rare East Coast warbler that I've never never thought of even seeing in Washington, and there's going to be one that practically lands on the car when we yeah, pull it'll, up. It'll probably, be a co- <laughs> it'll
0: probably be a common East Coast warbler that you just haven't seen out here.
1: <laughs> oh, probably, because there's, there's a lot of them. <laughs> there are.
0: There are. Thanks again, Dalton. I appreciate you being on the show.
1: Thank you so
0: much, Ed. Take care. Bye-bye. All right. Bye. So that wraps up the Bird Baiter Podcast, episode number 13 with Dalton Spencer. In case you missed it, episode number eight with Bill Twite talks a lot more about the pelagic trip we mentioned on this broadcast. And stay tuned for episodes from Morocco. So until next time, birders, good birding, good day.